So hello everybody, my name is Carla Nascimento Luguetti. I'm a senior lecturer in health and physical education at Victoria University, Australia. So I have been working in the social justice area for the last 10 years in my academic life. And so I'm honored to be here facilitating this ICEP Connect entitled Dialogues and Solidarity in Teaching in teacher education, positionality in advocating for social justice. So today we have four amazing panelists and we do have a pre-service teacher as well in those four amazing panelists. So they will be sharing their experiences in understanding social justice across two initial teacher education programs from the North and South of Ireland. We would like this space to be a dialogical space. So from a Freudian perspective, the session goes to create a safe space here. I have a few prompts for each panelist. So I'll be asking those prompts and the concepts just to generate a conversation. So please feel free to jam, jump and you know, add any information. We also have a space for a Q&A at the end. Uh, and please feel free to use our chat, you know, and write your questions as well. So we will start with Graham. Uh, we would love to hear about Graham's experiences in this project. As a preservers teacher, you know, your learning experiences are central. So this is a social justice project, as we mentioned. So Graham, how does this project resonate with you? So what is the relevance, you know, of this project in your perception? Uh, and why did you decide to engage in this project? So we would love to hear you. Good morning or good evening or good midday to everybody. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I guess for me, social justice is something that I've always felt strongly about um, growing up. Uh, it's something that is uh, ever-present, um, but at the same time, uh, social injustice, you could say, is is everywhere as well, and that would frustrate me at times. So I guess when it comes to the possibility of being involved in a project like this, um, uh, I could do nothing but take up the opportunity. Uh, it's something that I've always had an interest in. Um, and I suppose for me, it's just a matter of like, we have things going on in our lives and the, like the environments that we grew up in. And sometimes we don't have full control over that, but at the same time as adults, as teachers, uh, pre-service teachers, we do have control over our thoughts and our actions. So how can we, um, I suppose, help others to do the same and to try to create a safe space for everybody within whatever context, but in this one being the, the physical education um, context for me. Um, I guess I've always had the, the uh, fortune of, of being in positions where I suppose people have shown me um, situations where, where social justice might be in, involved. Um, so in primary school, for me, might have been a little bit more unjust than just, um, but I would have had adults outside of, of the P or the primary context 
that were very helpful in that regard. But my secondary school experience, my PE teacher was fantastic. Um, and she always made sure, and I'm talking about 20 years ago, very little equipment, no talk of uh, inclusion um, in terms of the, the classroom. Um, back then, there was very little resources. Nobody was in the classroom to help. She always made sure that everybody was involved. Everybody was included. There was no ability, disability, no, none of that. Race, gender made no difference. You're here as a person. You're here to improve, to help others. And I guess that always stuck with me. And it helped me then to think of the world differently. Um, at first, I just thought it was normal. And then when I hear other people's stories of how things are in, in their own situations and what they see and they experience, it's only then that I saw it as being an uncommon thing and something that I wanted to try to make more common. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we are just people, we're trying to, life is hard enough, why can't we try to help each other get through it rather than actually put each other down because it's tough. So let's actually get together and try to get through it. Um, so this project, very, I'm very grateful actually to have had it last year uh, with regards um, our placement uh, because there are things that opened up my eyes in college and then bringing that into the placement setting, being in the school, because we can talk about our own experiences. We can, I suppose, position ourselves um, at the head of a, a PE lesson, delivering it. But when you're observing others and you're getting to see outside of your own, um, I suppose, place or position, that you really get to, to look at the isms um, of, of which are occurring in front of you. And then speaking to the students outside of that, just observing and chatting to them, and you really get a deeper understanding of what is going on socially. And what's, I suppose, what issues are there? Uh, which ones are we picking up or which ones are we not? There's some stuff that I just didn't even consider um, as being a possibility until being involved uh, here and uh, it's it's a great eye opener. Thanks, thanks so much, Graham. And yeah, as as you were mentioned, it's quite a journey. So, and as the project leader, you know, can you talk a little bit about the journey? So the process, uh, what what brought you to this space? You know, how this whole project start. Uh, how this project connect with your previous experiences and work? How did you initiate, you know, the team and everybody, uh, put everybody together and why the focus on North and South as well? Geez, that's a lot of questions. Um, okay, I'll try and take them in turn if I, I remember. Um, so <clears throat> I think it's really important that, you know, I mean, it's a complex space, and I think the advantage that we had in this particular project was that the colleagues from UL within physical education, teacher education, had previously spent about 18 months as teacher educators exploring, interrogating, and learning from each other with regards to our, our disposition and our positioning and our values and beliefs um, around social justice. Um, so, you know, particular PEEP programs have particular um, elements of expertise 
um, that you would be known for. And social justice was something that perhaps we hadn't, we incorporated into our practice, but we didn't celebrate it uh, as such. So we started to interrogate our own positioning and we did that for 18 months and we did a number of you know uh, conferences, um, uh, papers, etc. And then we felt that, well, how then do we enact that, you know, within a, a, a physical education teacher education programme um, in relation to not only looking at how we enact that, but what the responses are from pre-service teachers in, in, in return to that. And we were also keen to share a common space with pre-service teachers. Um, you know, we're very conscious of, of not looking at a, a them and us. You know, so what we'd shared in relation to our discomfort and our compassions, um, you know, um, we wanted to do that in the same space that we had done it with pre-service teachers. So that brought us to think about, you know, well, what does this look like? And I think, you know, um, I stand corrected, but there's limited literature that actually looks at how social justice pedagogies are enacted in PEAT. So there's a lot in relation to what these, these pedagogies may be, but the actual stories of how you enact them and the experiences that follow that were limited. So we wanted to use this opportunity to try and contribute um, to the literature um, in that space. Um, in relation then, I mean, that kind of covers as well what we've done previously. Um, and as I thought, think about your prompt, you know, we do so much in other spaces in Ireland without thinking about you know, the island of Ireland, and actually there's an international, they, they're in relation to the, they're two different countries, they're governed differently. And you always think sometimes in Ireland, the international means going outside of Ireland, but it doesn't and it shouldn't. There's an internationalisation between North and South because, because of the jurisdiction. So that was another piece that interested us in relation to, you know, internationalisation at home in a sense, you know, uh, and there was an obvious connection there then between the North and South in relation to working with colleagues who were in other jurisdictions. And I think the, the attraction of that was not only to look at the extent to which our experiences in talking with, so, with pre-service teachers on social justice issues were related only to a particular jurisdiction, but also how the similarities across the two are nuanced. So there may be similar, you know, social justice isms in North and South, but the extent to which you can engage with them or you're encouraged to engage with them or how you respond to them, we suspect would be somewhat affected by, again, the governance, and I don't mean just a national governance, but, you know, society uh, and expectations within that. So that was the attraction in a sense to continue our learning not just as a group of teacher educators with our own pre-service teachers, but to maximise that learning by actually working with teacher educators in another jurisdiction and likewise their pre-service teachers. And I think it's really important, you know, before I finish, just to you know, acknowledge SCOTINS, who, who funded the project. Uh, and SCOTINS uh, stands for the Standing Conference on Teacher Education North-South. And when you actually look at their, their mission statement, it is about creating a safe space to talk about teacher education north south of Ireland. And I think it's really very rarely do you see organizations that will use, you know, the language of safe space. So we're an obvious place by which we could look for support to do this work. Yeah, thank thank you so much, Anne. And I just put the report, you know, in, in the chat. So if someone wants to read the whole report, you can have access. Uh, thank you. Uh, we have two of the teacher educators here. 
you know, and also participants in the project. So we would love to also hear, you know, your understandings and experiences in this project. So I will start with Paul. Uh, Paul, could you describe the context of this project in the North? Because you, you were here representing the university in the North. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you face and what did you learn? So what are the lessons learned in your opinion? Thank you, Carla. Yeah, so look, um, we were glad to be invited onto this project because UL had secured the funding and with the North-South, you need partners in each jurisdiction. So we were delighted to be asked to be involved. And the context is that the course that we do in Northern Ireland, the PGCE PE course, the Postgraduate Certificate in, in Physical Education, it's the only uh, post-primary PE course in Northern Ireland. So we're very fortunate in that space. So if anyone's looking at us in the PE context, we're the only one. Um, so look, at the start, we had 12 PGCE students on this course. They were in a full-time, a 36-week full-time initial teacher education PE course. The students had very little knowledge of social justice as a topic and as an area. Um, so and, and look, myself included, I put myself with them in that bracket. Obviously, it's slightly more awareness, but I mean, it was amazing how much I, I didn't know, really. And for both the students and myself, it really was a steep uh, learning curve. Um, I think for the students at the start, there was a bit of an apprehension that, you know, I think they were very worried about what they might not know and the realization that they were entering a space that they were not that comfortable with. And from my perspective, it probably felt a little bit vulnerable as well in that as Anne had said, there were other topics that you're able to talk about at length, but this was a space that I didn't feel that comfortable in. So I was very conscious of, of making a mistake or saying the wrong thing. Uh, so we were certainly, we're, it was a journey where we were on together and, and learning alongside each other. And I think when they could see my vulnerability in it, I think that relaxed them really uh, in the project. Um, so, um, and to be honest, there were lots of questions at the start in particular, and I think our unique context of our IT provision is quite important as well, because in Northern Ireland, we are, we're a post-conflict society, but the most of teacher education in Northern Ireland is still segregated along religious lines. So most ITE students will attend St. Mary's University College or Strammellis University College, and at St. Mary's, 90 odd percent of those students are Catholic at Stramillis, 90 odd percent are Protestant. So for us at Ulster, ours is an integrated course. So we have Catholics and Protestants mixing very well on the course. But with that in itself, that there are issues that emerge from that. Um, so there were social justice issues that the students would sort of pick up on that were connected to religion. And interestingly, the students wouldn't have discussed or opened up about these issues in their own group at Ulster, but once the space was created through the tasks and the online tasks and the meetings with the UL students and how expertly that was facilitated by Anne and Antonio in particular, it meant that there was a space for them that they felt that they could open up within this space. And to be honest, I was hearing things from the students for the first time that I thought, gosh, I didn't know they thought like that. And this really did open up and they they were discussing, obviously they were in breakout rooms and groups. So there were some, there were students from UU and UL together, but this sort of allowed them the opportunity. And I think it was really, it was how it was facilitated. It gave them that space to do that. So they opened up in some very interesting discussions and perspectives on 
opportunity differences, for example, in relation to particular sports that were deemed Catholic Protestant and how some of them who had lived two miles from a hockey club, but because she was Catholic, she never, she didn't, she never was near the club. And it was only that she opened up about that. And then one of the other students opened up with her experience from, from a GAA background, not being able to access what she would deem Protestant sports, but we don't see it that way, but that's the way she saw it. And actually around facilities on both sides of the communities and the perception around facilities in certain parts of Northern Ireland, because they feel that's, that's an area of Northern Ireland that's maybe more predominantly Protestant or more predominantly Catholic and how that shaped as well. So in terms of the challenges, look, time was a challenge. It's always a, a challenge, I think, on a, on, a, on a very intense PGCE course. And because it was extra, if you like, for both sets of students and the fact that it's a very complex area, so it wasn't as if they could dip in and out of it quite easily. They had to get their head around a lot of this. So they were investing a lot of extra time. But when they began engaging with the isms, I think they got a shock as to how much there is in social justice and the various readings that they were engaging with as well. It generated lots of questions, lots of debate. Some of my uh, sessions that I went into maybe teaching in a particular an assessment in PE, it ended up, we just talked about social justice the whole day because those issues were still related to what we were talking about in the assessment context. So they could nearly, they were a tendency to nearly draw everything back to social justice. And that was good, we just went with it because some of those conversations had we recorded them were so rich. And as our students had two 12 week blocks of teaching practice, they were witnessing social justice quite early in the course. So they were in, uh, out for two 12 week blocks of teaching practice. So they were engaging with this project. And as they went along and could witness practice in schools from other teachers, they they saw lots of things, but I think because of where they were, they wouldn't sometimes have needed more space to really interrogate those issues in a bit more depth. Um, I think the distance between myself and the students during teaching practice meant that sometimes those opportunities for I wasn't there with them. So they would talk to me about it later. And maybe they didn't feel as comfortable talking to the PE staff and school around that. But they did make good use of their online discussion forum to highlight and discuss these issues with the group. So do their weekly reflections. And I think just another challenge was getting the students to open up. But I think what I described earlier, we really did overcome that barrier quite well. And as the, as the, the project went on, they were very good. In terms of learning, look, there was lots of learning for both myself and the students. Look, just a greater awareness of social justice issues in PE, which the students who are now in service teachers, so they're now teaching, are using to inform their daily teaching. For example, it was never a part of our course, but I have now planned two three-hour sessions for my current cohort that are focused around social justice issues. So it's changed my curriculum in a sense to be more explicit. But one of the big learn biggest learnings for me and I think in the students was the use of language and the terminology that we use, that we throw around without maybe thinking about. So it's really heightened my awareness of that. Broader lessons learned, you cannot fast track pre-service teachers learning in this space and that each individual is unique. They bring their own values, beliefs, assumptions to the topic. So I think we don't used to always talk about it, Carla, the word messy. It gets messy. It's not incremental. There's it fluctuates, you progress and regress. And I think making sense of that, it really hit me. And I'm much more conscious of that moving forward with this group. And the, the rates of progress are very different. It can take some students a lot longer to get their head around something compared to others. So I think being cognizant of that was important. And I think the big for me was don't try and accelerate the process, but just let it go in their space. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for amazing.
Uh, and I want to move to Dylan and asking the same question. So Dylan, you are here representing the South, but we also have Antonio in the call. So let's put him on the spot as well. But I want to ask you first a few prompts, Dylan. So could you describe the context, you know, in the South? Again, what were some of the challenges and what did you learn and what are the lessons learned in your opinion? Yeah, thanks, Carla. Um, so the context in the South, the programme in UL was a professional master's of education. So the PME, which is a, a full time two year programme with 20 weeks of school placement to 10 week blocks. Um, and across the programme, social justice wasn't studied as a standalone module, although there were elements of it throughout mo modules, but maybe not as explicit as um, it could have been. There's also two modules which was built around applying research to practice, where the pre-service teachers had to design an action plan based on research and bring that out to school placement. And that was ongoing in the program before this research. And then with this research, we added a social justice lens to that, whereby the students still had to go through the literature, find the problem of practice, and then bring that problem of practice and the action plan into schools. So read that notion of um, practitioner researcher. In terms of the participants in the South with the um, University of Limerick, there was five teacher educators and 24 pre-service teachers. And again, I think it's important to emphasize what Anne was speaking to, that the teacher educators had a lot of background work done, have been working for 18 months on their own positionality, um, social justice identity. So all that was done, but it was with just teacher educators in a community of learners. So this was an opportunity to bring the pre-service teachers into the picture as well. Um, the challenge then, one of the challenges, and I'm going to work back from one of our recommendations from the report, um, which reads teacher educators understanding of their positionality and vulnerabilities and exploring social justice matters is central to appreciating their role in encouraging pre-service teachers engagement with social justice matters. And I think that recommendation is um, really, really important, but there's a lot of challenges that built up, um, that led to that recommendation. I remember in the early days of the project, one of our first meetings between the group, we had to kind of explore our own positionality and understandings of social justice. And for some, those conversations were difficult to manage. For myself, and I only admitted, I think, on our second um, group meeting, so I was kind of afraid to say something. I was ignorant to the, North, the uh, Northern context. I didn't know what language to use. Um, so I didn't have that lived experience, although we learned about it in history. But I didn't have that lived experience. And I felt that real ignorance and kind of like shame around that. Um, and it wasn't until I remember we got uh, a co-author on the report, Claire, who came in and gave us a workshop on like language and kind of like a history, which was amazing. And then it allowed us to, allowed me anyway, to say, OK, I feel very ignorant. What should I say? OK, we're going to say the North and the South. So using that, that really helped and allowed us a space to, um, like a safe space to open up and share our vulnerabilities and our understandings around the contextual social justice matters and the ones that go across as well. Um, but it's important that that took time, like that took time to do that. That took a couple of meetings, that took Claire as an expert to come in. But I think that was really important for, do, important for us to do um, because how could we expect the pre-service teachers to do that if we weren't doing that ourselves? Like echoing as Carla would brought into our meetings, bell hooks there. So I think sharing our vulnerabilities, which Paul alludes to as well, and in some cases, and particularly in my case, the lack of understanding of different contexts with our colleagues before we met was a super, super important um, process. 
Um, the lesson learned then, one of the lessons learned again, I'll read a recommendation on where it came from. A recommendation from the report states, consider the extent to which teacher educators and pre-service teachers can learn from each other about other social justice matters, which arise in different school and teaching contexts, as well as ge geographical jurisdictions. And I think what this project really showed was that the learning that can happen is huge once we break down those walls between teacher educators and pre-service teachers. I think we have a lot, a lot to learn from each other. And I think that's what this project, one of the lessons learned, and I hope it spreads, is that we'd have so much to learn from each other if we start to listen to each other. The pre-service teachers are the ones who are out in school, they're on the ground, and they can bring that learning back to us in teacher education and educate us on social justice matters that's happening in schools. And I think that speaks to Ferrari's notion of dialogue, where we're all learning through dialogue. That safe space that was created, I suppose, was the important thing that allowed that to happen uh, between teacher education and teacher education, but also between pre-service teacher and pre-service teacher. And I think Paul picked up on that as well. We need to create safe spaces for pre-service teachers to allow to share their vulnerabilities. And we also need to model our vulnerabilities to allow that to happen as well. And Paul uh, pointed to that as well. I think it was important for us to acknowledge, given the different jurisdictions and given each uh, pre-service teacher is their own person with their own background, their own culture, and that should be celebrated and used within the learning experience as well and learn from each other within that case as well. Um, I think, as I said, teacher educators need to do their own positionality work around social justice before engaging in this and the same with pre-service teachers. We need to allow time for that to happen. We can't just jump into it um, and expect everyone be on the same level. We need to create learning experiences uh, within our modules to allow for that um, exploration of positionalities. So I think overall the lesson learned for me anyway and within the report is that we need to listen to each other, learn about each other's backgrounds and cultures which need to be celebrated and appreciate that learning about and teaching about social justice takes time, it deserves time and it needs to occur within safe spaces. Thanks. Thanks so much, Dylan. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and Graham, I will come back to you for the final, you know, and maybe the most difficult question. <laughs> Just kidding. So uh, Dylan and Paul, they are mentioned some of the findings, you know, in the report that everybody can see in the chat. I was thinking, yeah, we would love to hear you again. So thinking the Finding so safe, you know, space one, creating a safe space, space two, a learning space, space three, a realistic space, space four, a school space, space five, similar spaces, and the last one, reflective space. Could you describe one or two spaces in the report that resonates with you? Could you give us examples, you know, as a pre service teacher and why? Uh, do you think those spaces, they resonate with you? Uh, yeah, perfect. Thanks, Carla. Uh, to be honest, uh, even more than one or two have resonated with me, but um, uh, even even Paul and Dylan have brought up one there. Um, but I might add that in as a sneaky third, if I could. But uh, the first one I can think of is the school space. Um, and the reason why that resonated with me is because I suppose it opened my eyes to the reality of what's happening in the world of students with regard to social justice. Um, I suppose it furthered my belief system um, 
with regards to requirements of what improves students' lives, which I found in my experience has so far had a positive effect on the, their performance in PE. Um, so listening to the students, um, making sure everybody is involved, if they feel that they're not involved, um, then uh, what way can I cater the, the, even the equipment sometimes? So for example, if they're playing, um, if they're playing uh, a game and people are dominating, throw in a second ball, see how that plays out, and then everybody's getting involved because the guys that are, um, I suppose, concentrating on getting the ball all the time, now just another ball. So it kind of creates that equal space where everybody's involved. Um, but listening to the students um, for the sake of them, um, or not for the sake of them actually unloading all of their issues on you, but so that you can actually build a relationship um, so that they can become comfortable enough so that you can talk about what needs they actually have to enhance their, their, their PE experience. So I guess if you can get to know them, what kind of sports might they like or what kind of um, interests they have, and you can make that link between them, uh, not just in the PE, but that space within the school as well. Um, another one would be the reflective space. But I think this is important in in everything that 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 we do, um, because I suppose personal growth. I would always link with reflection, um, and if you can, um, I suppose if you can reflect, you can try to improve. If you can improve, you can grow. If you can grow, you can't just do it just for yourself, but others will benefit from that growth as well. I suppose the concept of you can't fill from an empty cup. So if we can reflect and improve upon ourselves, then we can be in a better position to help others. I suppose the project allowed myself and my peers to look back at our own experiences then. So when we were reflecting on it, we were able to focus not just on our own participation within PE, but also on other people's participation. So what was it like for the people around us? Um, and like I said earlier, like my PE teacher was very inclusive. We didn't have much uh, resources and she adapted everything so that all people were, were, were involved, included, um, which was which was fantastic to see, fantastic to experience looking back uh, in my undergrad and then in the masters, all, all I've heard was P experiences of throwing the ball, people were excluded, you know, there was no, um, I suppose it was not a safe space for, for everybody. Um, so, I suppose when looking at the reflection as well, you're looking at asking yourself, uh, is the layout of my lesson inclusive? Um, were there people excluded? Uh, how can the lesson change so it's not happening the next time? You know, questions like this, what was my tone like with certain students? Am I a bit sharper with the students that are um, more disruptive or perhaps aren't as comfortable in PE uh, or is it a little bit softer in the ones that, that are a little bit quieter and things like this and how can I have an equal balance um, and then if I can get the teach or sorry get the students also to reflect on their own actions uh, which is the I suppose what I took from the project into my own practice is working with the likes of the uh, TPSR model um, from Hellison of 
you know, looking at yourself, your own actions, how can we take our positive actions from the class into, into, into the external world, not just in PE, um, something that I've, I would have a, a close link um, wish to myself. And I suppose if I could sneak in a third one, it would be that safe space. Uh, something that Paul and Dylan had mentioned, I think it's it's vital. And for that, I guess in my own practice, it's a matter of ensuring that the students know that you're not there to get them. You're not there to catch them out. They can tell you something and it's absolutely fine. You know, you can speak to them and they need to understand that you're not coming from a context of um, trying to put them down, trying to catch them out, that they can say, they can speak openly, you can speak openly and just once it's respectful and once it's within the realms of, of I suppose, meaningful conversation um, and, and it's purposeful as well, which regards PE or, you know, their own needs, then um, I think it's much easier to get them on board with regards PE and what they need to do to um, to complete what, what, whatever is necessary in your, in, in, in your PE lesson. So. Thanks. Thanks so much, Gaia. And then I'm so, uh, yeah, I'm happy that we are recording this session because I'm just thinking how we are generating lots of data here. You know, like I love hearing uh, all diverse perspectives in the project. So definitely lots of lessons learned. Uh, we will open the floor for questions now. So please feel free to unmute yourself, you know, and ask questions. Uh, we have a few comments in our chat. So Risto, thanks for remembering us. Uh, yeah, to make sure everybody understand and, and it is on board with the award. So ISAP, you know, the deadline is 31st. So we have five days to go. And we have always the Early Career Scholar Award and Developing Country Award. So please remember to send the applications. You can find all information in the website. Uh, Antonio had a few comments in relation to the resources that we have. You can see, you know, uh, in the report. Uh, and Cassandra also commented around time, you know, had a comment around time and the importance of time. Uh, yeah, but anyways, the floor is open for questions. Come in on the point that, that Graham um, raised, just to follow up in relation to, you know, Graham spoke about realities. You know, the school placement allows for pre-service teachers to look at the realities or experience the realities of students' lives. And I think that in turn educated teacher educators. So the pre-service teachers and school placement we're coming across certain realities that they were then coming back to us with that we didn't always know um you know how best to to address so the conversation was open in relation to you know we, we may have suggested you know so i think we're i think you know we're, we're at a certain stage now where we created a safe space for teacher educators we've created a safe space for teacher educators and pre-service teachers we're moving into a space where pre-service teachers are now educating more so teacher educators about the realities of what's happening in schools and that space now is about well how do we address that reality for how do we help you address that reality and if I may I think the next space um, and Elaine Murter's on the call she might want to talk to this we have um, extension funding but to me the next space is then how do we instill 
a level of advocacy um, and preparation for pre-service teachers to advocate for those social justice issues in schools that perhaps are not open to addressing them. And to me, that's the next stage of where we go. You know, I think there's there's a continuum here that we're moving along. Um, it's taken time, um, but it, it's worth that time. And, and, and Graham just sort of prompted me to think about the realities piece is central to what we've been doing from the start. But the tables have turned now that pre-service teachers are educating us in relation to what the realities are. And we now need to create a shared space where we can actually find ways of addressing those realities and having pre-service teachers advocate for them and have the, having the confidence to advocate for them. Yeah, th thanks, Anne. Uh, Antonio, Cassandra? Uh, well, first of all, thank you, colleagues, for, for a really, really informative and presentation on, on the project. Uh, well, not 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 so much more. I think you know what I was just thinking in terms of part of the success of the project was to well a part of the collegiality level in between the people that we were in, uh, our colleagues from Ulster University and and the colleagues from from the sport pedagogy group in UL. I think it was to that the the two modules that we kind of targeted north and south in the two. PGC and or the professional master of education were interconnected somehow with a school placement opportunity. So in the case of of the north of, of Northern Ireland, the students were doing placement during our meetings and and their live meetings. And in case of, of the students from the University of Limerick in the Republic of Ireland, the students were doing the meetings just before the placement. So that was quite quite a good timing in relation to, first of all, discussing, doing some readings, doing some listening to some podcasts, and all that resources are there too uh, in the report. And then have, have an opportunity to go and teach and practice uh, in their school placement with with the with the elements that were or were yeah were discussed in 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 the meeting so and and I think another thing that we also consider really really cautiously is we didn't want to add a lot of workload to to the preservative teachers and that was why the the action plans that they had to to think about and to enact as part of their own placement was something. Uh, that was already there before and and the only thing that we included was just to add the social justice layer and maybe graham could could talk in terms of the the reality or or how useful for was that action plan in relation to 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 their own experience but i think that that was a, an, an important element to consider uh, that presence of an opportunity of going back to the reality going back to schools and then coming back to the meetings and coming back to that safe space that we were creating just to discuss, just to share, and just, just to continue with, with that learning all together. Yeah, th thanks so much, Antonio. And I was wondering, as Anne mentioned, you know, if we have a huge gap in how to enact social justice in physical education, teacher education context, we do have. The gap is like huge in connecting with school placement. So the whole practitioner inquiry, you know, and the cycles combined with school placements quite unique. So that is definitely a need to understand this process. Yeah, that's truly relevant. Graham? 
thank you. I I like to address both actually, if if I could. Uh, first, starting with with Anne and the points that she made and the questions she asked, um, and and with with Antonio as well. Um, from the placements that I've been on, I'll be honest. Uh, it's I suppose I had the perception that once you train to be a teacher and once you qualify, um, if fortunate to do so, that you'll just you'll just grab onto whatever job might become available and you keep your head down and you know you just work hard and you hope that something will come up in the future. But something that this project has has made me look deeply at is what kind of an environment do I see myself being in long term as a teacher? So now it's not even just get a job and keep your head down. It's what environment do I want to be in with regards? Can I actually have space to work to help people? So in one placement, if if I may touch on, on Antonio's um, prompt there, um, it would be a matter of, I saw elitism, I suppose, between the, the teachers and the students just for this particular group that I was working with. And even just to try to break that down and to, I suppose, maybe to give a, a deeper context, the, the students did nothing for PE really. They went for a walk. They, the, the, while I was being reported back was that there was a lot of disruption. They would uh, purposefully not bring in their gear. They wouldn't even, um, I suppose, when being asked what they wanted to do, they just opted out and they decided to, oh, let's play basketball. And they would just stand there and do nothing. So like the what I was getting from the teachers and then with what I tried to incorporate in the class um, were two completely different things that I had to think, is this the actual student's issue or is it the teacher issue? Or maybe a bit of both. Maybe there are completely different levels of which they can't communicate. But I mean, with what I did with them, from start, from the beginning, it was difficult. Um, but I suppose I just kept trying different ways of of how I could get them to look at themselves and how their lack of participation might affect them. Um, and I just kept at that. And from, I'd say within six weeks, they were running their own classes with a little bit of guidance. It wasn't that everything was rosy in the garden and off they went. Um, but it was just a matter of, what are we doing today? Okay, today we're doing this, but we did this last week, so we'll have to do something different. Okay, let's vote, let's do this, and, and off they went. What equipment do we need? Let's get this, who's doing this? And, you know, in comparison to, oh, we're going for a walk. Thank you very much. No, we're doing nothing else. So I thought that was that was important. And outside of that, then, when trying to, going back again to Anne's point, of when trying to get that point across to the teachers of maybe student choice might be kind of important and their voice as well, it was just shut down. And I was kind of going, well, you have an issue. This is a way to fix it. If it's not within your policy or if it's not within your uh, culture in the school, it's not really something that I, I affiliate with. It's not something that I feel that I, I want to work with down the line that if I see something that, of which progression could be made and it's being shut down, do I really want to be fighting that fight for the rest of my life? So it made me think about what kind of school culture I want to involve myself in as well. So I'm very grateful for the project because it opened my eyes an awful lot to the likes of that. 
Thanks so much. Wonderful. Uh, Alexander, you have a question in the chat. Do you want to ask your question? Because it's pretty interesting around redness. Yeah. I think he's probably frozen. Yeah, but I can't I can ask the question anyway. So is in relation to recommendation three? And then you start, you know, comment around the question. So we are mentioned, you know, that time is necessary and that's following or connect with Cassandra's comment as well. So allow, you know, sufficient time needs to allow, you know, the readiness of teacher educators and pre-service teachers to develop these positions. So, yeah, how can we capture this readiness in some sense? I'm happy to talk to that. If, if, if no one else, uh, anyone else? No, I think I was probably one of the more obvious people who struggled with this, um, it, to be very honest. If you were to look at the conversations we had, um, I think I very quickly, I admit that I quickly forgot that we had spent, as a group of teacher educators, 18 months previous to this. So we were ready. The pre-service teachers hadn't had that level of involvement, either as a community or in this space. So I, I very quickly, I think I didn't appreciate that we were coming to this because as teacher educators, we were ready to do this work. Um, and we may have taken more time to consider how pre-service teachers were coming to this without that background that we had. And we actually, before we started the joint um, project, there was actually numerous conversations in relation to what would we do on day one with the pre-service teachers. And we had an all singing, all dancing, you know, um, social justice, you know, um, preaching, you know, sort of discourse that we were going to do and all, all, all bangs and whistles. And then we decided no, because one, that would overwhelm. And two, we had no idea of where they actually resided in that space. So we, we didn't. That was assuming they were ready for this. So we actually paired it back significantly. And we also had decided that we would not introduce what we had thought we would do is introduce our own dispositions to social justice. But we thought that might influence again the readiness that pre-service teachers might feel they needed to feel in relation to, well, if this is where pre-service, if this is where teacher educators were able to ex express themselves, maybe we should be at this level as well. So we really paired it back. And it really was, I mean, in response, I would say it was a self-discovery and a very, as, Car as Carla kept saying, a very complex, messy piece that, you know, you went with the, the thread of the conversation that evolved in the time that you had. Um, and I think we've got better at that over the years as teacher educators. It's not about us and it's not about what we're the, the content. It's about the experience that pre-service teachers are having. And that's absolutely central to this type of work. And you have to make compromises in relation to perhaps how you would like to practice, you know, teacher education in relation to what you are seen to deliver, as opposed to considering what actually is the most meaningful and relevant experiences for the pre-service teachers for where they at they are at at that moment in time. Yeah, th thanks so much. And yeah, and I was thinking how the readiness, yeah, it's like engaging social justice is, is always this process of being, becoming ready, you know, for something else. So yeah, so the complexity in rethinking ourselves as we engage, you know, and if we have a follow-up grant and then we engage with new a new group, you know, in both North and South, is a new journey, you know, with new pre-service teachers and that will require us the time again to this readiness that perhaps 
It's a process of being and becoming. Yeah, great one. We have time for one more question. I don't know, Cassandra, do you want to ask a question? You have just your camera on. <laughs> so any any final comments? Uh, yeah, if we don't have questions, any final comments from our panelists? Anything else you want to add? So Dylan, Anne, Paul. Carla, if it Elaine. suits, I can say something. I can say something about the next phase. Yeah, please. Sorry, I, I was having I'm having trouble with my computer. I've transferred to my phone. And um, just one thing in the next phase of this project, one thing that we've included as an objective, as you know, and Carla um, is involved as well, is to co-design a toolkit for enacting social justice approaches in PEAT. So we see this as a deliverable, as an output that um, other teacher educators will be able to then use if they wish within their their own practice and that's a new departure for us you know we haven't tried to formalize or, or maybe formalize is the wrong word um provide a resource like this before um so we're excited about that that particular aspect um of the new the new phase of the project which is intending to start in december yeah thanks thanks so much elaine yeah definitely there is a need of resources and doing you creating resources in collaboration how yeah how amazing that that can be and try you know create the resource and also try and improve the resource in a in an action research process yeah definitely thanks so much any other final comments yeah so thank you so much everybody it was amazing to to be here today and to host this i said connect just remember you all we have, you know, the deadlines in five days, 31st. So please, if you are a, if you are an early career scholar, please send your award, the developing country as well. Yeah, I hope to see you, yeah, in Finland soon. Thank you so much. And just as an announcement for the uh, uh, next ICEP Connect, um, it is scheduled for November 24th. Um, you're going to get an email on the exact time of day. Uh, this is gonna be a continuation from our uh, Chile conference. We have a group of uh, South American scholars who are going to take up that um, hour and present. Um, and they wanna present and discuss research data and theoretical investigations in Latin America in order to produce a clearer picture of Olympic education's theory and practice in the region. So it's a group of scholars from different countries in Latin America, and that'll be on uh, November 24th. And we'll send a graphic and a link and all that stuff to you um, as that time gets closer. So thanks everybody. Thank you.